RadioInfluence.com. And welcome to another edition of The Rock Stops here. My name is Rock Riley. I interview A-listers in entertainment, in sports, in broadcasting. How do they make it to the top? And what about after the limelight is over? Or how hard is it to stay at the top? And what about life? Whether it's kids and family and sickness and, and everything. And real life. The rock stops here. No more bull shit. You know, let's call it like it is. And today's guest is different than anyone that I have ever interviewed. She is a professional fighter, boxer, Noemi Bosquez. She is 12, 17, and 3. 12 wins, 17 losses, and 3 draws. Why am I interviewing someone with 17 losses and only 12 wins? Because you know what? She is winning in life. She says boxing saved her life. She would be dead if it was not for the sweet science. And you know what? If they're going to pay her to travel and see the world, she's going to take these fights. She takes fights on short notice. She's loving life from where she came from, addicted to drugs, and, 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 and boxing saved her life. And she's also got a great piece of advice at the end. If you're going through something, I'll let her explain Without further ado, from St. Petersburg, Florida, seeing the world, loving life, training other adults, and having fun, I love her attitude. What a story. Welcome, Noemi Bosquez. All right, Noemi Bosquez, a prize fighter. For you, the prize is life. Welcome to the Rock Stops here. Thank you so much. Taking the busy, you're busy. You're everywhere. You're training. You're training yourself. You're training everybody. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. I love this. So thank you for having me. Now you've got a great story, and you, uh, well, let's just start with what boxing. Let's start with this, Noemi. What boxing has done for you? Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try to keep this short and simple and sweet. Uh, boxing, I mean, boxing for me, I mean, it's just life. It it represents life in so many ways. It's I feel like it's saved my life, honestly, and it kind of sounds cliche or whatever, but uh, it's somebody as energetic as I am. Uh, <laughs> boxing has given me more than something to do. I mean, it's given me a way to, to reach people. It's given me a, a, a way to motivate and inspire and lift people and help them with their own uh, situations or insecurities. We all have those. Uh, I mean, it just represents life for me these days. You know, it's life. Now, you, if someone was to just look at, you know, um, okay, your boxing record, you've taken a couple of losses in a row. I think you're somewhere around 12 and 17. And you would be like, wow, wow, she's, you know, why is she still fighting? But there's so much more. Oh, we'll yeah. get into it. And you always have a smile on your face. You're making money when you go out and, you know, you're a professional fighter. And you also fight in different countries and you're able to see the world. It's, it's worth it to you, right? A hundred percent. A lot of people, you know, I mean, everyone has a different perception for me, even those losses, which I'm obviously not the greatest in the world, you know, but to me, even those losses for me are wins coming from where I came from, 
uh, just life in general, being able to travel, fight these girls, win or loss, I leave with a paycheck. It's a wonderful experience to go to places like India and China. Even if I do take the L, I mean, who else can say they grew up and and born? They were born and raised in Saint Petersburg by a single mother, and uh, or raised by a single mother, and here they are going to China and 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 doing athletic awesome stuff and leaving with a paycheck. I just I feel fortunate even through those losses. So that's awesome, and that's a great attitude to have. Like the the premise that I kind of have for this, the rock stops here. I I interview people that have made it to the top. How hard is it to stay at the top? And what's it like after maybe you have fallen from the top and also deal with just general day-to-day life, whether it's kids, relationships, everything. This story with you is a little bit different. I feel that take the take the record out of the way, you're winning at life. And maybe we can start there where... I know you, you've been on the radio with me and you just, you know, briefly mentioned that, you know, you were, you were, it was drugs. You were, I don't know how bad it was. Maybe you can tell us where you were. No, no, Amy. Okay. I'll try to keep it somewhat G rated at the same time. No, no, no. There you go. This is Uh, a podcast and tell the truth, you know. All right. Yeah. Well, um, 10 years ago, even a little bit throughout the boxing career, believe it or not. And, you know, I haven't spoke a whole lot of detail on this, but, uh, you know, there was a good amount of time where I was battling with drug addiction, uh, several different kinds. It wasn't just one, but, uh, you know, are you able to tell us what it was? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah, I'm wide open. Uh, cocaine, Mm -hmm. ecstasy, Molly, uh, marijuana, alcohol, pretty much everything other than heroin and and crack, of course. Uh Uh, But it, hmm, let's see, how can I, it was my way, it was a way for me to cope with a lot of things that I went on or that I had gone through as a child and as a young adult. So uh, when I found boxing, and this is one of the reasons I'm, I'm most thankful for athleticism and boxing. Uh, I, I needed something. I needed something, and I was looking for it in the wrong places. I was looking for it in drugs. I found that excitement in drugs. Uh, and this is why I'm most thankful for boxing because it kind of gave me a different way to manage and handle all those things that I was going through internally. Uh, and it, and it, it goes far, but that, that's the biggest reason I'm most thankful for boxing because it literally changed my addiction from you know, the hardcore drugs that I was doing to something positive. I mean, look how far it's taken me, literally how far it's taken me. You know? how, well, how, like, just to get a feel like, was it because you, it was like a rough upbringing and then mixing with the wrong crowd and then it got further? Yeah, or all of the above. <laughs> I was very experimental. So okay. uh, when things came around, uh, I would jump on it. I would try it because I'd, the way my mindset was, was you never know if you like it or you don't like it unless you try it. And of course, some things you got to, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere. But back then there was no line. I, you know, I was ready for it all. So, you know, some things I liked more than others and mm-hmm. some things, you know, really grabbed a hold of me for a while. So they say that um, if you were addicted to something, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom. Did you ever hit rock bottom? A few times. Absolutely. A few times. 
Uh, <laughs> Hospitalization or jail or no? Jail, yes, a few times. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Luckily, I never had to go to the hospital, uh, but uh, definitely hit rock bottom as far as the things I was doing, the kind of woman I turned into, mm-hmm. the things that I was doing to degrade myself. I see. Which hopefully one day I'm brave enough to write stories on details of of those horrible things that I was doing regularly. Uh but yeah, I hit rock bottom a few times. Few was, times. was it was it when you're behind bars? Like, did that do it for you, or wasn't enough? Like, some will be like, "Wow, you know, that's what they actually needed," and others are like, "Man, eh, that still wasn't, you know, the reality of being being in jail." No, there was no. a few things. The fact uh, that I had a daughter and I didn't want her to be anything like me had a lot to do with it. I see. Uh, and mind you, I was still battling even when she was in the picture, but she was still little. And thank God I was able to stop and grab a hold of it before she she was older, because now she's she's the most amazing person I've ever known. You know, uh, she's nothing like me. And I'm think I'm think very thankful for that. Uh, but, yeah, that had a lot to do with my awakening was, you know, who was I? Who, who was I? You know, who was the mother of this amazing child? So that's kind of like what made me wake up a little bit. Were you able to do it on your own? Did you just say one day, that's it, I am done? Or Yes, I did. And I still came back maybe a couple years after a few times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, you know, it was one of those three or four day binges where I didn't stop doing it or, or taking mm-hmm. uh, and it was at the very end those of you who have experience with the drugs can understand you know you it's weird I mean it's almost a suicidal point when you decide to stop uh, taking and you've been doing it for a few days in a row I I was very suicidal mm-hmm. and all I kept thinking about was her my mm-hmm. kid I was like I can't I have to suck it up I have to you know be strong because I, ha- I have to be there for her, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess that was my rock bottom, you know, the suicidal thoughts after a several day binge, which, you know, like I mentioned, I still went back a few times, but never, it was never to that point again. You know? I see. I see. Thank God. <laughs> now, did, how did the boxing come in? And was it all of it? Were you like totally cold turkey and now you were doing boxing or were you doing boxing and then still yes. doing the drugs? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Tell first few that. years. Okay. The first few years of my boxing career, which I haven't put too much of this out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, for a few years, I would I would dabble a little bit. I would have some fun and then I would stop. Luckily, it, it hadn't grabbed a hold of me the way it, did, it had before I started boxing full time, uh, that was pretty scary. <laughs> but yeah, I still dabbled for a little while while actively boxing. Uh, I would stop maybe a few weeks before the fight. It was never like, oh, I was, you know, a high going into the fight. It was never like that. But uh, yeah, I was still dabbling here and there. Even. And you were, I was looking at your record. You had some wins. You were Mostly winning early wins. on. Mostly even wins. Even with that. Yes. Wow. Yes. And that's wow. why I can't like understand it because now that I've been clean for so long, like my record is nowhere near as good as it was. <laughs> well, <laughs> other times undefeated. I'm not saying it's like, got maybe me. it was a drug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I need to go back. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just, <laughs> just kidding. kidding. <laughs> so 
how how did you start in boxing? Had you been in a gym? You saw it? Was there anybody introduced you into actually the sport, the sweet science? How did it start? I was always pretty athletic. I I played basketball, uh, women's football throughout high school, ran track. Uh, I actually didn't even start boxing until after I graduated at uh, this local bar. I don't know if you remember how long you've been around. There was a, a local bar off of 19 called Joyland. Oh, I, I, I can remember seeing it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big, big. I right? was 18 when, you know, when I came in there. It went on for a while, but uh, I went in there. I Anybody could fight anybody. They'd match you up with someone else who was 10 pounds up, you know, within your weight class. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I fought there a few times. I fought a Janice live a few times, or the green room it was called back then. They used to have boxing, uh, boxing night there at Janice live also. And I was undefeated for six or eight fights or so. Did fight. you have much real, real good training, or no, was it kind of? No, no. I was just playing around, having fun, and I was like, you know, I was winning. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. So did it take over? Did you like, did it hit? Did it like, I love this? That's yeah. when it hit me. That's ah. the transition I made. Now, mind you, I was still using a little bit, but sure. it was kind of giving me something more. It was giving me a reason to stop or slow down because then there was these competitions that were coming up and I wanted to win these competitions as well. So I figured, hey, you know, maybe you can do something here. Oh, sorry. No, beautiful. No, I see you sounding good. Okay. All right. So then you, uh, so what was, okay. Well, what was, was it just, this is what I love doing. This is good now. Uh, or I want to be a champion or I really want like, where, where was your mindset with the sport at that time when you were young, you know, in it? I was, I was still playing and experimenting. I really didn't know anything about, I mean, now looking back, I really didn't know anything about the sport. I just loved, I loved the athleticism. I loved the competition. I loved how difficult it was. I loved the challenge. So even though I didn't know anything, I, I started actively boxing as an amateur. It took me traveling. I was boxing at the the national tournament at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado. So all those experiences ended up uh, really having a big part on me staying away from the drugs and whatnot because I was actually going to be up against some serious competition at this point, you know, wow, wow. at the training at the Olympic Training Center. Like those are different beasts. <laughs> well, you know, that's unusual because most with your limited experience, some can get discouraged like, oh, my God, you know, you know, what absolutely. I mean? But it wasn't for you. I love the challenge. I loved it. Even when I, I mean, today is the same. Even though I wasn't at that level of these girls that were winning, you know, national tournaments and were, I loved it so much. I loved that it would distract me. I loved that it would keep me clean. I loved that it was giving me something to look forward to other than getting high, right. you know? So I, I kept up with it. Even though I was losing, I was winning. You understand? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I, And here I am today. Here you are today. <laughs> here you are today. Now, where you are today, too, isn't like um, the big headliner. And again, I'm, I'm, women don't make as much money. Right. Um, and you will take fights. Sometimes it's on short notice. Most like of the time. I said, most of the time. Yes, sir. And a lot of times it's uh, uh, far away. I know you have fought in Cali. We're in St. Pete, Florida. And it didn't look like you were there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you're going out to the West Coast. And, at, you know, at your level, 
the expenses, I don't know how it works, but it seems like you're not there like a long time, mm-hmm. right? Right. Unless, unless we are going to like the other side of the world, we're probably just there a couple days okay. just because, uh, I mean, we're there for business, so why, you know, I, I like to make weight here, I like to go someplace and then just weigh in that day, fight the next day and come back home. Straight to the point. Like, I like my coffee. No cream, <laughs> no sugar, just straight to the point. We like to be black. <laughs> Same way. We like to go, we like to weigh in, fight, get the paycheck and leave, you know? I love it. 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 You, uh, what, what is the best part of it when you actually get in the ring because I've talked to so many boxers and they say there can be all this talk and all this crap and this guy's promoting and doing all the talking and when you get in that ring it is you and your opponent Uh, there's no excuses what is it for you you see no one else you hear nothing else uh I love it it's it's heart versus heart you know, you see everything exposed in there and, you know, there's all all this commotion outside the ring. There's all, the, you know, the music. There's You don't hear anything. It's just you and this other woman who's been training weeks and sometimes even a month and a half trained to kill you. Like literally certain punches and certain parts of the body that can end your career. And that's who you're in front of, in front of for rounds and rounds and rounds and minutes and minutes and minutes. So you see nothing else. You hear nothing else. and it's the most amazing feeling. <laughs> Psychotic, if you ask me, right? Wow. It's crazy. You know, you're going up against somebody literally who's been training weeks and months sometimes to end your career. Now, you've got a situation, and you've had this for a while, long while now, where Tony, Tony Morgan, mm-hmm. is your trainer, and he is also your man. And how does that work? Because sometimes in any profession, if you are actually in a business with your lover, eh, sometimes, you know what I mean? You got to separate it. How's that been able to work out for you two? It's definitely been a learning experience for us both. I'll say, I'll start there. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely been a learning experience. Uh, he's my best friend. I, I really, you know, whoever your trainer is, whoever your yeah, I mean, you have to be prepared to spend the most time with this person. You know, you have to trust them more than your own family members. You have to. So uh, he's been training me for a while. And then recently we come to a ro- to a crossroad where we had to make a decision. OK, we either step away from the relationship and focus mostly on the business and the trainer athlete relationship or the other way around. But it was not really working so well. Uh, to do both because we might not get along in the ring so much or we might be fighting when we're at the gym. But when we get home, we would bring that with us instead of separating it. So we're, we've kind of been experimenting on, you know, just leaving that part and just focusing on our relationship since we do live together and we do have the family and all that. Oh, so we're it, it's kind of a trial time right now where we're trying to figure that out. You know, I so. see. I see. No, it's interesting. It's it not so easy. Right. It's not so easy. Right. It's a, it, even if it was just your trainer, you guys are going to have disagreements. Absolutely. And then, also go home. And then you got to go home. Right. Oh, my so God. That's difficult. So now you, you started later mm-hmm. than a lot of girls. So you were in your early 20s. I was assuming mid-20s yep. mid, mid yep. that's kind of late really to start right, absolutely and now you're 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 still much younger you're 38 <laughs> years old you're a baby you, you don't right. have any marks on your face i know this is a podcast and i'll post pictures on my social media but honestly you have no marks and boxers have always told me it was muhammad ali 
I remember when I was young and he said, this was before the internet, before all this, wow. and he would, when he would fly to a place and he would look at his opponent, the first thing we look at is his face. And if he didn't have any marks, the opponent, then he would get worried because he knows that guy has good defense. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you must have good defense. I have. I mean, my defense is okay. Maybe it's the head movement. <laughs> Lots of head movement. Uh, that's something I've kind of kept. And luckily, I haven't had a whole lot. of. I have a few of them from... Uh, <laughs> Different uh, head clashes, but no, no broken nose, no broken, nothing broken ever. Knock on wood, thank God, nothing's wow. ever been broken. I've never had to been hospitalized. I've never had to, anything like that after thank a fight. God. So that has yeah. something to do with why I continue still. I think also while it's breaking things, I probably wouldn't. Now is Tony going to have to tell you that it's time? Do you think you'll be able to walk away? You love it, right? You love it. It's going to be hard. It but, is. You know, it's Tony's- already hard. You know, coming to that. You know, coming to that decision here shortly. Uh, I feel like I could do this forever. Now I ha- sometimes you have to be wiser. And Tony has been the, the bug in my ear. Okay, you know, pretty soon we're going to have to. You know, you're almost forty. Not the age has to. A whole lot. Well, it does, but it doesn't. Sure, sure. But still, you know, you're going up against girls who are 18 and 20, and they've been doing it since they were eight. Like, you got to be a little bit smart, you know. So maybe maybe one more year or so, you know. Okay. Maybe, maybe. Okay, okay. Um, Being a boxer, professional boxer, and loving the sport, how do you feel about a guy like Jake Paul? Getting so much notoriety, he's only been in it for four or five fights or so, but so popular with you as a YouTuber. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? There's mixed emotions. I mean, I've been listening to everybody's point. I feel personally like it's just entertainment. It's entertainment. There's some people who really like Mayweather have been born into it and they're like the real, you know, the real deal. And then there's guys that come out there who sell way more in tickets and they're entertainers people pay top dollar to watch these guys get beat up or beat up that's that's all we are you know that's all we are as entertainers we sometimes go a little bit beyond and take everything real personal and yes what we do is real yes there is real fighting and there's also like pro wrestling for example it's just entertainment you know, people pay top dollar for this. So if they're being entertained, why stop it? Interesting. Interesting. You know, but I that's like just that. me. A lot of people don't. No, some most, like, most, most boxers that I thought they do not like yeah, it. Yeah, I know. And and then, 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 I, then I get one or two are like, look, man. It's just entertainment. Yeah, he's got all the followers. If he right. can make that money, it's, money. it's America. Exactly. Now, in the closing here, you also train. You train the everyday person, mostly women, mm-hmm. but also guys yes. too here there you go anywhere Mm -hmm. i'm assuming once you give up your boxing career will you continue that what do you get out of that oh i love it (laughs) i enjoy it because i i work with the regular you know with the regular jane and the regular john i work with these guys and i train them as if they're getting ready for a fight now mind you they don't get punched in the face they don't do all that crazy sparring stuff but I put them through drills that I do as a professional boxer. I put them through, you know, I'm throwing mitts at them, making them move their head. I'm teaching them counters and they really, really enjoy it. So I enjoy it. You know, it's kind of cool to put the average Joe and the average uh, Diane through these drills that I'm doing as a professional fighter and watch them struggle and watch their heart pick up and, you know, really give it all they have and 
it's just such a great satisfaction for me. I feel really blessed to, to be able to make money this way. You know, I love your attitude, man. Yeah. I love your attitude. It's a blessing for sure. So in closing, is there anything that you could say to anyone that's listening that may be struggling with whatever that they got going on? Like I said, this is a different podcast where you made it to the top now in life, in life. That's even more important than anything else. Anything at all you want to say? No, Emmy. Oh, there's all kinds of things I could say, but I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, One of my biggest advice is actually, I mean, I guess it could be drug related also, but don't let people tell you what you can and what you can't do. Don't let people tell you what you're supposed to do. If in your heart and in your spirit, you feel another way, uh, you know, like I told you, I was raised, my dad was a pastor. I was raised by a single mom. I was raised in church. A girl was never supposed to be in the ring, you know, playing a man's sport. You know, the women in my family were very ladylike. They were very girly, you know. So when I stepped out of the comfort zone and I started doing all this crazy stuff, I I questioned myself. I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, should I quit? Should I not do this? You know, my family's telling me I'm being stupid. I'm being oh, retarded. Wow. And the fact that I didn't listen to what was correct, right, but I felt my spirit, the fact that I didn't, it may have saved my life. I literally feel like maybe because the the road that I was taking, I mean, it was leading me to death. It really was, whether it would have been suicide, whether it would have been, you know, a wreck from driving intoxicated, uh, trying to be what everybody else was telling me I should be, I probably would have been dead today. So sometimes now you got to be smart. You know, sometimes people are telling you things for their own good. I'm sure they were telling me for my own good, but my spirit was telling me different and I was wise enough to hear it. So follow what your spirit is telling you. You know, a lot of people will tell you what sounds right. It'll, they'll tell you things, but if something in your heart is telling you bigger, sometimes you got to be brave and listen to that little voice because maybe it's saving your life. And you won't even know it for a few years on the line, but maybe it saved your life. Oh, you know? You are beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful person, and just thank you so much. And uh, you're an inspiration. Thank you. Boy, she's got the right attitude, doesn't she? Doesn't she? And that bit of advice right at the end is tremendous. Follow what your spirit Follow what's in you. Follow that. Stay the course. Keep grinding. And you can enjoy success like she is having in life. She's always, she smiles. She's happy. She loves what she's doing. She'll train people at a park. It might be a gym. It might be over here and near outside the Tampa Convention Center on the Riverwalk. It might be over here. And they just have a good time, and she's making a living doing that, making money doing that. And she loves she loves boxing. Okay, so she's not, she's been losing, and it's probably going to be time here, another two years, maybe another year or so. But uh, just great advice. You know, follow what's in your spirit, man. You know? So anyway, thank you, Noemi. And, you know, I was thinking about it uh, with the boxing, just boxing and those that do physical sports, pro wrestlers, most pro wrestlers that get in that ring, uh, oh, are just good people. They're just good. Mostly are all good people. And, you know, I was thinking about Livingstone Bramble 
Now, I'm, I'm aging myself, but when I started out in radio in uh, Sussex County, New Jersey, WSUS FM 102.3, up in God's country, the Vernon Valley, Great Gorge area, and I worked there for five years in Livingstone, Bramble. I think I might have told this on an early, early podcast. I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, Livingstone Bramble was living up there, and I got to know him. I would play basketball one-on-one with him. He was on the national team as a guard in the islands uh, where he came from. And he, he could play some hoop and he was just in incredible shape, man. He used to, he liked the ganja. He liked the ganja. One time I was over uh, at his house doing an interview for TV and uh, he just went upstairs and he didn't come down for like 20 minutes. And uh, his eyes were all red bloodshot and he got on that treadmill, man. And he just, he sprinted. And just kept on going. Incredible shape. But I, I always remember what he what he told me that uh, with boxing, he's like, if I'm fighting a guy that's out of Newark or he's raised and he's fighting out of the, uh, you know, in the inner city, he probably isn't eating good. Now, this is back in the day. He's probably eating McDonald's or Popeye's or whatever fast food. So, you know what? I go to the body and he's going to wear down because he doesn't have the right. Uh, he, he was big on uh, natural, holistic foods back in the day. Back in the day, um, but just I just started thinking about the people that I've met in boxing and just some of the best people. And it's interesting what she had to say about Jake Paul. You know, Jake Paul's going to fight Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury, the bloodlines, it's his half-brother. It's not like uh, he's Tyson Fury cloned. He's a handsome dude. He doesn't have the same skills as big Tyson Fury. I can tell you that. And Jake Paul is no dummy. He knows he has a very good chance of winning a boxer. And I was listening to an interview with Tommy Fury's father. And I was just, I got in a YouTube hole. I was just, you ever get in YouTube? You see, you see a video, see something, and then something else is similar to that. And it comes up next. You see that? And then before you know, you're just, you can't, you're a dick. You can't get off YouTube. And uh, Jake, Tommy Fury's father said, the only one that can beat him in this fight is not Jake Paul. It's Tommy himself. Will this moment be too big for him? Because there's going to be so much pomp and circumstance and everything that goes with a Jake Paul fight and just craziness. And it's going to be in Tampa, by the way, Emily Arena. Oh, my God. But anyway, um, well, look what she said. She's like, no, I don't begrudge you know him making all this money. It's entertainment. Just like pro wrestling is entertainment. Boxing, it's entertainment. And I'm glad she said that. Because I have been around boxers the last year or so. I was at the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame, which was a couple of days event. And I was around so many people that just love the sport of boxing. They even had a roundtable discussion about Jake and Logan Paul. And, and I'll take it a step. The majority of boxers cannot stand that Jake Paul is making so much money and getting all this attention having been in the sport for such a short time where these professional boxers have fought hundreds of amateur fights just to make it to the pros and aren't making anywhere near even some guys that have won some belts, some championships, some, you know, they're not even making the money that Jake Paul is making. But you know what? It is the way I look at it. It's America. And if somebody is willing to pay you that kind of dough, I don't begrudge. I don't begrudge. Somebody beat him. I've said that before. Somebody beat his ass. And and uh, we'll see. But you know what? I liked what she had to say about that. 
All righty. Um, oh, you know what? I was just seeing, it's so funny, you know, seeing some of these NFL wide receivers, why is it that most wide receivers that I have dealt with in my 30 years of being a sports reporter, the majority of them, I would say the majority, more than 50% are divas. They are stinking divas. They're, you know, like, for example, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's very rare. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they are such team players, and they're that good. It's unusual to see. And I was thinking about, like, life in general and segueing over into being more specific with football and being wide receivers. Look at, for example, like Odell Beckham Jr., the guy is can't be happy. You know, why is it you're so talented and you're making millions and millions and millions of dollars? Why are you so unhappy where you go? And then the father got on and encircled plays where Baker Mayfield was not looking his way, his son's way and this and that. And do you think you're going to get a positive outcome being like that? You know, and then I think of Deshaun Jackson. Now, by the time this airs, he may be, probably will be picked up by somebody, but he was unhappy in Los Angeles. He was unhappy here. He was, he's unhappy wherever he goes. And I experienced it right in person on how much he's just concerned about his numbers and himself. And behind the scenes, he does like a lot of stuff to just, he just, oh my God. And he actually cleared waivers, man. You still, he still has some speed, you know, but do teams want to deal with that? Do companies want to deal with jerk-offs? No, no. You know, Antonio Brown was on his last chance. And if it wasn't for Tom Brady speaking on his behalf, and Bruce Arians like, because mm, Arians was in Pittsburgh. He knows. He's like, mm. you know what, Tom? I'll put it on you. You want him? All right, we'll bring him in here. It's worked out. It has worked out because of the GOAT. So that's a, that's been a success story. Uh, it's not over, not ended, not ended yet. But I was, I've been asked many times to like speak at colleges or universities or groups or young people, and they all ask me for advice. Like, what is your advice? Uh, I want to do sports. Everybody wants to do sports or a father will come up and he goes, Oh, my kid knows everything. He follows, he's got so much stats. He knows everything, man. He follows stats, fantasy football and everything. He knows everything, man. He's got to be a sports, sportscaster, sportscaster. Well, there's more than just like studying and following stat, you know, stats. There really is. And it comes down to, and I say this and I've said this till I'm blue in the face. And I told this to my son, don't be a jerk. Nobody wants to deal or employ an asshole. You can be, I have seen this in my career where there have been some talented reporters, the way they put together a story, good delivery. If it was the TVN, good appearance and just, they shoot themselves in the foot. They, they're, you know, don't be a jerk. And I just, uh, I see it over and over again. You know, and when I was just going through it this week and some of these decisions in the NFL and these guys, and it's amazing to me that you can be that 
unhappy. Why? You know, because of your stats and, uh, it just, it just really blows me away. So how's everybody doing? Are you, are you doing fine? Hey, I do want to say, and I will be doing more of it. Now, most of the time I am interviewing a listers in the world of sports and I will continue to do that. Uh, but I was mixing it up a little bit and I want to thank Brent Hatley who had worked for Howard Stern and Bubba the Love Sponge and Nedley Mandingo Manson, AKA Mike Waters for the last podcast, 20 plus years with Bubba the Love Sponge making it to the Howard Stern channel. I got a whole bunch of great response, man. And I also got response and I got a lot of uh, new followers uh, hit me up on some of my stuff that were not in my audience. So that, and I know that's the way to try to build this podcast, go out of the same old, same fans and people. It's not, and I'm not abandoning sports. Don't get me wrong, but I do want to thank, thank both Brent and Mike. Mike was very honest, man, very honest. And I thought that that was kind of refreshing, you know, just telling it like it is because he's not working for corporate America. You can do that. And it's kind of nice when you can get to that level in your career where he's made good money. So he's not really, you know, stressing about that. That's, that's the, that's the ultimate, right? Where you've got enough, you've made quite a bit that you're not stressing out and you can just do your own thing. And there's nobody over you. Is that the, the goal probably of everybody? Is that not the goal? <laughs> Maybe you can get your own business, although starting a business takes time. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It certainly isn't. But if you're in the right field and there's growth and you can be your own boss and call your own schedule and have nobody over you, there's always going to be somebody you're going to have to deal with. But I mean, I think that's the ultimate. And the other thing that I really enjoy with doing this is, you know, because somebody asked me for a studio, it would be nice. It'd be nice to have a studio because I got an idea. I would like to do another, uh, another podcast, a party podcast. It, uh, but anyway, but blah, blah, blah. I'm sticking with my two that I have now. Bucks kickoff. That's uh, Joe Bucks fan or wherever you get your podcast, but JoeBucksFan.com. That's always 24 hours before every Buccaneer game. That's a little bit more detailed. I do a lot of preparation on that during the week. I'm over at one buck, what I'm seeing from the goat and seeing and a lot of times it's not much you're like, Oh, you're only over there for like 30 minutes, the beginning of practice, the first 30. Yeah. But sometimes you just, you can catch a vibe like going into the buy. I don't know what it was. I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I just didn't get that same vibe. And then they did not play good in the game. Sometimes you can see something. That's why I like going, being in the field. And what I really like about the rock stops here. What this is, I go to my subjects and sometimes it's in parking lots. This one with Noemi, we met at a Starbucks, but a lot of times when you go into a Panera, a Starbucks, uh, wherever you're going to meet a restaurant, they always have music playing. And I don't like that. I haven't had to do that yet with any kind of like background music because I want you to hear the conversation. And again, I'm going to have to eventually probably give into Zoom, but I just, I really enjoy the personal one-on-one sitting down, looking across at my, my guest. I, I just, I just think it's, it's, I, I, I like it. And, uh, so we were going to, and we, we, when I did this interview with Noemi, it was teeming 
I mean, raining cats and dogs. And outside, they didn't have the umbrellas up, and it really wasn't a spot we would have been drenched. And I said, you want to go to my car? And she said, no problem. Luckily, she trusted me. She'd probably kick my ass if I tried anything. So would Tony or Trainer. But I'm just saying, she was really cool about that. We just sat in my car. That's where we did the podcast. I did the podcast with Arrestus Destrada, sitting in my car. We met at a restaurant. It changed two times. And I said, you want to just do it outside in my car? Man, he goes, sure, let's do it. Um, sometimes it might be at a field. It might be at a park. It's in a home. It's in a man cave, uh, wherever. And I love it. Because where else would I get to, you know, sit down and hang with, uh, with these guests? So I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm hoping that you are too. Subscribe, please. Uh, tell your friends about it. And let's see what we can do. And again, if you have any suggestions on what you like, you don't like, hit me up. Hit me up on any of my social media. I'm at Real Rock Riley on Twitter and on Instagram. And on Facebook, it's Rock Riley. Uh, or you can leave comments uh, here on this on wherever platform you're listening to it. And just let me know. Let me know. I'm always looking to improve it. But I just love I love going out and, and, and doing this with uh, my guests. And I, I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, we're getting close to the holiday season. Oh, my God, wherever. I came out of a place, a supermarket, not your standard, something a little bit different. And here it is, early November, and I'm like, they, they got a Christmas tree outside, and the woman was putting boxes, you know, when they have, like, the nice ribbons, just for decoration purposes, under the tree. And I walked by, I said, so tis, tis the season. She goes, tis the season. I guess it's here. I said, all righty. And it just seems like it started earlier and earlier. It used to be only after Thanksgiving. Then you start with all the Christmas decorations. There's a radio station, the radio station that I started at, WSUS FM 102.3, Sussex County. They started their Christmas music last week, last week. Oh, my God. To me, it's a little too early. I can't get into it. Oh, oh, and check this out. Check this out. This I just thought of this. On Halloween night, my daughter is now 12, seventh grade, and it happened fast. We always would walk behind her with some other parents in the neighborhood. It was right next to ours. And then she, and then she had her other friend, her, her BFF lived in a different neighborhood. So we would go over there the last couple of years and we always waited on the sidewalk. You know what I mean? Well, now that ain't happening. It's, they're looking back like, you know, give us a little space here. You know what I'm saying? So, all right. But they're girls. If they were boys, I wouldn't be as concerned, but they're girls. They're 12 year old girls. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of shadiness by men on the internet. A lot. I got down another rabbit hole on YouTube. It just blows me away. And it's in the UK, not only here. You know the Chris Hansen type stuff? Then you know what I'm talking about. It just blows me away, the amount of men with the kids. I, 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 just, I, don't, I don't understand that mind. My God. But anyway, so I got a daughter, seventh grade. I'm keeping an eye out. So we, were, we stayed away, and I, my wife and I, I said, okay, we'll just be at the park. Here's the, here's the, the park in this, in this neighborhood and we'll be here. So if you need us, you come here when you got your phone on. All right, go. So they were trick or treating and they came back a little earlier than I thought. 
and they were walking towards us and my my daughter her bff and another friend a girlfriend that i know they used to take tennis lessons together and, and she lived in the neighborhood they must have chloe they you know they hooked up with her and they were like we got hit with eggs we got hit with eggs and whoa and Addie, i didn't realize how hard these high school boys fired i mean fired from a car eggs not only was it all in her hair but her leg there was a little cut but it was red really red and it was you know you would think oh you get hit with eggs but if you got teenage boys that play sports and they're athletic and they're throwing them full force as hard as you can at girls and it really it pissed me off because look kids are going to be kids Egging has been going on for how long? And it's usually, we called it mischief night in New Jersey. It depends, devil's night depends on where you are in the country. And it was always like the night before. And my parents are strict Catholic and we weren't allowed to participate in mischief night. And it went from just like toilet paper and trees to egging, putting the poop in a bag outside a front door, lighting it on fire, ringing the doorbell. I didn't do that, but that, you know, that type of thing. But, that re- and my daughter came back and she she keeps her emotions in and then once she came in the car in the driveway and came in she was crying and crying and saying her leg hurt and just the whole thing of here are 12 year old innocent nice girls walking around a upper it wasn't our neighborhood it was an upper middle class nice nice neighborhood and these punk ass Rich kids, boys, I like I said, I can understand egging houses. Now I'm not condoning it, but you know you're gonna kids are young and mischief and all. Okay, that happens, but I never knew anybody boys to fire eggs at girls full speed, at that and to ruin their night. You know, it was all over. Her leg was red, and she was like, "Oh, it's her," you know, and just we it just it just pissed me off. And I'm like, I never, I never saw that. So it's one of, it's kind of the theme here. Like, look at Noemi brought herself out to have a better life. She did it on her own. And my advice to everybody and anything, just don't be a jerk. No one wants to hang with a jerk. And these kids to do that with girls, two, two girls, then was there a father? Did you ever tell my father told me when I was young? He never really got into the birds and the bees. I remember one time we were driving to the library and he goes, you know about girls? All right. You know, they can girl, you can get in trouble with girls. You everything, anything you ever want to know, you ask me, your dad. Okay. I'm like, no, I know. Yeah. Got you. And I never, I never, I never, I never had to sit. I never asked my dad anything, you know, learn just, you know. And, uh, but the one thing that he told my, me and my, my brothers and I, when we were little, never hit a girl, never hit a girl. And that incident kind of ruined Halloween on that kind of a night. My wife, it just, if anything happens to Addie, our daughter, oh my God, it affects her. And she was trying to console her that whole night. And then we, she took a bath to get all the egg out, just bombarded with eggs, full, 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 full speed thrown high school kids. Even the other girl clothes, like, man, they had good aim. You could tell that they played sports. Just do that to girls. What kind of a big man are you? And uh, and then my wife, after it was all said and done, 
just broke down crying for me. You know, I was holding her. And it's just, you know, that was how, that's how Halloween ended. But I mean, it could have, I, I had to be the, the rocket. It could have been much worse. Thank God it was only that. They're punk ass kids, just punk ass, rich kids, spoiled kids, boys. That's it. All right. I usually try to end on a positive note, but on that, just don't be a jerk. All right. If you are, I see you later. <laughs> Unfollow me in life. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you next week on The Rock stops don't throw eggs here i'm jerry petuck ceo of radio influence i just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast there are a lot of people behind the scenes here at radio influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the radio influence family please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com we all have crazy schedules so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot without you the listeners we wouldn't exist so thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.